Fantasy Football Sensei Podcast with your host, Trevor Scott. How about that week from George Kittle, man? All right, let's get into the intro. So we'll start with some news. We'll go into hate drops. Go into roster idiots, studs and duds record from last week, booms and bust of last week, the week 13 recap, and a standings update. Starting off with the news, um, I'm using a new app to record, so please let me know if this one's better. I know we had some issues with uh, speed and with uh, statics, so hopefully this one is better for this week, and let me know on the sound quality. Um, This is the last week of the fantasy regular season. Um, Super exciting. We have so many different playoff scenarios. Um, So obviously we're all going to be super invested this for the next couple weeks here and uh, looking really, really looking forward to it. Um, So a couple, couple news items just for, for the people that listen to this Um, playoff leagues are going to be coming after the season. So please reach out to me if you're still interested in playing. I know I talked to Craig about it and he wasn't necessarily so sold on it. So if you guys still want to keep playing that, I know I really enjoy putting those together. I really, I think it helps add uh, to the playoff experiences because I know otherwise I just care about pretty much the Packers and if the Chargers make it. So um, let me know if you want to continue to play in that and I will get those leagues set up here in the next few weeks. Um, Another piece of uh, news here, Homs's 11-game win streak has come to a close. Um, definitely going to be a memorable run. Um, we'll be keeping track of winning streaks going forward, and I don't believe that 11s has ever been even come close to in this league. So um, we'll keep track of it moving forward. But congrats, Homs, on that 11-game win streak, and we'll continue to watch, um, watch your team as you carry the one seed into the playoffs. For next year's draft, let's start suggesting locations and dates early this year. Hopefully, um, it's going to be somewhere where we can all make it. That would be great if all 10 of us were able to get together this year. Um, I know we had most of us last year, but it was kind of far for the SF people, and there were some other travel travel issues going on. Maybe, maybe this year we do it over uh, the Labor Day holiday weekend. I, I don't know if there's a... Uh, a big presence of, of plans during that time. Um, I don't think I have any plans personally, but I don't, I don't want to schedule it during that time unless everybody can make it. Um, otherwise, we can kind of keep it on that same weekend that we had before. Um, and then also looking forward in the next year, we're going to have um, opportunity to change any of the rules. So I know we had quite a bit of um, improvements in my opinion, but a lot of differences from last year in this year's league. Um, so if there's anything you, you liked about the old setup or anything that you would want to further see be improved, um, let's start brainstorming that now. Maybe we do a few off-season podcasts where I have one or two people on and we discuss and then we can kind of have a final vote on it. So uh, let's keep that stuff in mind and start texting me now. Um, since we're in the season, it's going to be more fresh right now of things that bothered you um, that you would potentially want to see changed. Minshew Mania was back this week. That was super fun to see. Um, I don't know if any of you guys are going to convince me that he didn't look better than Hertz. Um, I think there was, or there was news that they're going to stick with Hertz, and I think that's mainly just because he's the young developing guy that they're committed to. Um, but he looked great. I, I really hope we eventually get to see Minshew kind of take over for somewhere for a while and really see if he's going to be able to be the quarterback of the future for somebody. Um, 
and you know, I hope he's not a career backup. Maybe maybe Atlanta in a year or two when when they get out of that Matt Ryan contract, or maybe even Carolina. They tried Sam Darnold. They brought back Cam Newton. Um, so I don't know what that looks like moving forward, but just a couple of potential options. And then we'll get into the injuries here. Um, the, the first one that threw me was Daryl Henderson. Um, he ended up being active and then just didn't play at all. So um, good on Mike for figuring that out and sticking with Michelle. I'll get into that during the, during the recaps. Um, and I actually lost in another league because I played uh, or because I took Michelle out of my lineup because I saw Henderson was active. So I just assumed he was going to play. Um, so anyways, that was, that was weird. Hopefully he gets some practice in this week and maybe he start, then maybe he takes back over. I don't, I don't know. Cause Michelle looked awesome. Um, Corey Davis reaggravated his groin injury and then followed that up with core muscle surgery this week. So he will be out for the season. Uh, that's a boost for Jamison Crowder and a boost for Elijah Moore. Um, Kenyon Drake broke his ankle and is also out for the season. That was a very unfortunate injury. It looked very painful when it happened on the field. Um, that, that should boost Josh Jacobs' value, so that'll make Jared happy here. I mean, he ended up having a really good game with nine receptions, so that entire backfield is just completely committed to Josh Jacobs. Um, something not really relevant to us, but Marlon Humphreys, uh, the Baltimore cornerback, is out for the season with a torn pec. He was one of the, you know, one of the few elite uh, cover corners. So I think that makes Baltimore's passing defense uh, a little bit more vulnerable than it would have been otherwise. So if you have somebody going against Baltimore, I don't think it's much of a worry anymore going forward for the rest of the year. Um, Logan Thomas had an ACL and MCL injury, but he didn't tear either. So there's optimism that he's going to be able to rehab it and come back before the end of the year. And with the Washington football team in playoff contention, I would anticipate that they're going to try to get him back on the field as soon as he's able and as soon as he's healthy. So uh, fortunate break for him. I know he was really emotional on the sidelines, crying on the sideline, really looked like his season was going to be done at that point. But now we got some positive news, and hopefully for him, he'll be able to make it back on the field before the end of the season. Adam Thielen hurt his ankle, um, and that cost him. They, they said high ankle sprain, and then they said he might play this week. So I don't know what because those two things don't add up so either he's going to be out for an extended period of time or he has a low ankle sprain so um we'll we'll see kj osborne is an interesting fill in there and maybe tyler conklin gets some extra looks for joe burrow it was a pinky injury i don't know if anybody saw the picture on on the broadcast or on instagram or anywhere after the game but it was very swollen he was visibly in pain throwing the ball on the sideline and was screaming to try and get it out you know and just was was not a good situation for him i i think he's gonna be fine i anticipate him to play through it uh, but hopefully that uh, they're, they're able to control the swelling on that and get that figured out before next week um tyrod taylor had a wrist injury um, I, I don't know if that was the reason he was pulled or not. I think he might've been trying to battle through it and it was just really impacting his play. Um, so I don't, I don't know if he's going to be coming back or is going to be the starter, if they're going to go with Mills or what's going on. But, um, I, I did hear that IR is potentially on the table for him. He's already been on IR this year. So if he does land on IR this week, he'll be out for the season. Kenny Galladay was in and out of the game with ribs injury. Um, so he's just, I don't know what it is about him this year, man. He just... He just can't stay healthy. I mean, he just is so banged up, and it's too bad because Tyler really could have used a full healthy game from him this week. But we'll see if he gives it a go next week. Hopefully he's going to be fine um, and can get through a game without getting banged up. Um, Mixon also was banged up. Uh, he, he left the game briefly but then came back in. So I, I'm guessing that had to do a lot with his mediocre game. I think he was just trying to battle through the pain. Um, he's not expected to miss any time, but I do think – 
that it impacted him this week, and hopefully it's nothing to worry about moving forward. Miles Sanders was also in and out of the game with an ankle injury. Um, he's just really banged up. I mean, he obviously was out for a while. He's been pushing to come back. Finally made it back. He had an awesome game this week battling through that. Um, so I don't think the bye week could have come at a better time for him. So, you know, they'll be they'll be down this week, and he'll get plenty of time to get in the trainer's room and, and try to get as healthy as he can for the stretch run. And then finally on Monday night, we saw Damian Harris uh, have a hamstring injury. Um, I, I wasn't, it wasn't clear if he pulled it or not because they reported he pulled it, but then he came back in the game. Um, and he limped his way to a 22-yard run, and then that was it for him for the rest of the day. So um, we'll see. They also have a bye week this week, so if he is healthy coming out of the bye, I don't know that there's going to be much difference between him and Stevenson, but if he is going to miss an extended period of time, Stevenson is going to step up and be a huge factor for Hamza moving forward. Time for some hate drops now. Unfortunately, there was only two this week. Really not a lot going on on the, the drop side of things. So Matt dropped Baker, um, and he needs a lot of points this week to get in the playoffs, so it makes sense that you drop somebody who doesn't score very many of them. And Mike dropped Kendrick Bourne. Um, he did his best to goose. I think he had one catch for three yards or something like that. Um, or, or maybe not. Maybe he had zero. I don't know. I think he – I don't know now that I say that. I think, I think he had zero. Um, so it makes sense that Mike would have dropped him. So moving into roster idiots – um, all clear are Mike, Tyler, Hamza, and Gavin this week. Um, Jared had David Johnson, who was out, but was in his bench spot, didn't get him into his open IR spot. Um, and he also had two kickers. I've been giving everybody crap for holding two kickers. So, you know, got to gotta hold Jared consistent with that one. Um, for me, I had Hertz, who was out and was on my bench, didn't get him into IR. Um, I did have a full IR, but, you know, I had Justin Fields and Kadarius Tony, who I could have cut, um, but I didn't. And so... You know, I could have gone to the wire and, and picked up somebody else. Um, I, I'm also carrying three DSTs right now, the Bucks, the Dolphins, and the Broncos. So I know I'm an embarrassment, but, you know, got to do what I got to do moving forward. Um, Stevie Moe has Carson in his IR, who's out for the season. Um, Jordan had Darren Waller and Sterling Shepard, who were both out, that stayed on his bench. Um, despite having IR spots, um, his IR is full, but it's full of players that are out for the year because he's got Marcus Johnson, Michael Thomas, and Robert Tunyon, who are all confirmed out for the year still on his IR. And then uh, Sam Darnold, who's going to be reevaluated next week after the bye, or this week after their bye. Um, Craig carrying two DSTs, uh, but at least he played the right one this week. So that was good to see. And then Matt was also carrying two, SDs, two DSTs and played the wrong one this week. So, And he also rolled with an open bench spot for the second consecutive week. So maybe he'll get a, get a full bench in there this week. So rolling on to studs and duds record. So I, I gave 10 last week instead of the 20 I did the first time I did it. Um, and I was 7-3 and three this week, so I felt like that was pretty good. Uh, I did have some glaring duds, but we'll get into that after my, my biggest wins. Um, I called Gronk for a stud week, and he had a massive week, 19 uh, points, two touchdowns, just a great week. I called Gibson stud week, and I actually specified that he was going to score 20 points, which he did. Um, so I really think he's an RB1 rest of the season. He's got a good schedule. He's been reinserted into the passing game with 12 receptions over his last two games and lots of carries. So I just think he was banged up, not fully healthy earlier in the year. He's fully healthy now, and they completely have him as their go-to running back. So I, I really think he's poised for a very, very good finish to the season here. Um, Van Jefferson was one of my bolder calls, I felt like, for, for a stud, just because he's not quite as big of a name as some of the guys I do give. Um, and I, I did call that he was going to get a touchdown. So he, he beat his projection. He, he scored a touchdown. Uh, six catches, 41 yards, and a touchdown um, was, was just a great game from him. And I, I personally think he's going to be better than Odell rest of the season. Um, he's kind of been established now. He gets the targets. He's, 
he's right there in the mix with Odell as the second second option. And Odell really put up kind of a stinker other than that one-yard touchdown. He just had those two receptions. He had like a 27-yard catch and a one-yard touchdown. That was it. So um, I'm not sure if he's still learning the playbook or if they're waiting longer to rely on him. But I think Van Jefferson is the one who's going to step up and be that second option in their passing game. Um, and then, of course, I just have to rub the, the Higby dud call in. Um, I mean, he had a quote-unquote big week and scored seven points. So, you know. I'm, I'm going to continue to count that as dud. Um, and then my biggest losses, I had, I had two really bad ones. Uh, T. Higgins, I called as a dud, and he was just unbelievable. Rockstar, 18 points, um, over 100 yards, touchdown. He just was great. He's turned into just the best option in the Bengals passing game over the last month. So um, I don't necessarily think that's a trend for what's to be expected going forward because I do think Jamar Chase is going to get back into a more prominent role. Um, but me calling T Higgins a dud against the the Chargers was definitely a bad call. And then Elijah Moore, I also called as a dud who also, who had over 17 points. Um, he was awesome. He's an awesome player. I just, that was much more about Zach Wilson and Zach Wilson actually looked very serviceable this week. Um, with his second start in a row off injury. So maybe that's some momentum he can carry into the rest of the season. And, uh, for Zach Wilson, but Elijah Moore, I think, is just going to be locked in as a top 24 run, uh, wide receiver moving forward here for the rest of the season. So getting into the boom of the week and the bust of the week, I think uh, the boom of the week was Justin Jefferson, 30.1 points. Just a huge game in a huge spot for Craig. Just absolutely needed to win. Um, and when Jefferson is going to put up point totals like that, I mean, the rest of Craig's team is also so good. Just nobody's going to be able to beat him if he's going to be getting 30 from Justin Jefferson and Jefferson's just been having massive week after massive week. So, um, we'll see, we'll see if he continues this play. Adam Thielen is out now. So I don't know if that draws him more attention from defenses and that potentially hurts him, or if it's just going to increase his target share to a point that it just doesn't matter. He's going to be just unbelievably awesome. Um, and then bust of the week, I, I hate to go back to Tyler as a bust of the week, but he had another heartbreaking loss and he lost by a, a half a point and Zeke got him five points, dude, five points. God, it's just so frustrating that he's banged up and they refuse to sit him down for a week or two and get him healthy. Um, and when he's active, you can't bench him. So it's like, it's just super frustrating. And that was a really big bummer for Tyler because the rest of his team played really well. The end of his team just played so well. We'll get into that later. And Zeke, his stud, his best player supposedly is just the one that ended up letting him down. So getting into the recaps now, I'm going to start with Craig and Jordan. Um, a big, big win for Craig. Um, another week, another top score for him. Um, his team's just firing on all cylinders and he's just got that unbelievable stable of wide receivers that, he is just letting fuel him to win after win and big point total after big point total. Um, everybody on his team hit double digits except for Tyreek. Um, we all know he's able to bust out at any point. So, you know, that's forgivable in a, in a week where he didn't need him. Um, and I think it honestly has more to do with Mahomes. Mahomes just hasn't been right. So I don't know if that's something that's going to be coming here in the next week or two or if it's ultimately something he's going to have to correct over the off season. So we'll see how that works out. Um, but Tyreek uh, was the one dud on his team this week. Um, Heineke worked out. He traded for him immediately into his lineup, outscored Mac by 14 points. Um, definitely misleading since Mac only threw three times, and that was just a, such a weird game. Uh, but nonetheless, made the right decision with Heineke over Mac. 
Um, Cordero Patterson had, was, it was the first time he was really affected by Mike Davis. Mike Davis had a couple explosive plays, a few targets in the passing game actually, I think had more receiving yards than Patterson did this week. So that's an interesting development that we haven't seen. So if that's something that's going to happen again this week, or even moving forward, that's something that Craig is going to have to evaluate when determining whether or not to start Patterson. Um, and the reason that that's even becoming a question is because Devonte Freeman has just come on like a herd of turtles over the last three weeks. I know two weeks ago, he wasn't as great but this week five receptions on eight targets and 45 receiving yards if that's going to be his role in the passing game it's just huge for his floor and huge for how startable he'll be because it's a good offense they're going to run a lot he's going to get opportunities to score touchdowns in the rushing game so if he's also going to supplement that with six points or seven points in the receiving game it's just going to be really really difficult to bench him moving forward um, this was a tough loss for Jordan. Uh, he had an excellent week, 141 points, really, really a solid score. So it just, and especially considering his situation, he had Aaron Rodgers, Nick Chubb, and Deontay Foreman all on by, and he had Darren Waller and Sterling Shepard out with injuries. I mean, those are a lot of big time contributors for him that were out this week, and he still came through with a great week. Um, you know, he picked up Zach Wilson to take that Aaron Rodgers spot, and that worked out great. 21 points. He had two passing touchdowns, a rushing touchdown, over 200 yards passing. Um, so Zach Wilson really play, balled out for him this week. And obviously his studs, Cooper Cup, T. Higgins, and James Conner all blew up again. So they, they really fueled his big point total there. Um, and Amari Cooper obviously was coming back from co the COVID list and was not up to his conditioning, and it was a short week, early game. And so he he didn't play a ton, which was the problem there. So that, that was kind of why he busted. And then Marquise Brown and Derek Carr are the ones that really let him down. I mean, five and 12 points, um, just not what you expect from guys of that caliber. So moving on to my matchup with Jared, um, I had a huge bounce back week. It's almost like we don't even remember I scored 84 points last week. Can we, can we all just forget that? But put up 171 this week. That's over double my score from last week. So I definitely needed a get right week this week. Um, and everybody for me, other than Brandon Cooks and Kyle Pitts were in double digits. So that was good. Um, and Madison obviously came through in relief of Cook. He's been great. I'm really glad to have him paired with Cook. And, and anybody that ends up with Cook next year is definitely going to have to make sure they have Madison. Uh, David Montgomery, let's go. He was awesome. Lots of activity for him. I was super glad to see that after being down on him the last couple weeks. Um, you know, a bunch of catches. I think he had eight receptions and 20 carries, something like that. He scored. It was, it was just a great game from him, 24 points. And I really hope that he's able to keep up the momentum through the end of the year. If I have any chance in the playoffs, he really has to be a standout for me. Um, and then I obviously hope that CD and Godwin can keep it going. Neither of them scored, but CD had 15 and Godwin had 22 and a half points. So both of those guys were great. Lots of targets, 13 for CD, 17 for Godwin. So 30 targets between those two. And if I can keep those two locked in and rolling like this, I think I'll have a better chance um, at making some noise in the playoffs as well. Um, so six and seven going up against Hamza this week. Um, obviously, Hamza has nine guys on by. So we'll see what he ends up doing with his roster. And it doesn't really matter for him. He's already locked into the one seed. Um, on, the, on Jared's end, he had a solid week, just couldn't get over the top, 132 points. Um, he, he got Burkhead added and activated in his lineup on Sunday morning, so I was definitely uh, proud of him for getting his roster updated. Um, and Josh Jacobs with nine receptions. That just has to be awesome for Jared to see. Um, he, his workload is just unbelievably high, definitely always a chance to score, lots of opportunities in the passing game, so he's just a total lock in his lineup right now. Um, and then Adam Thielen getting hurt was brutal. He, he was – Expected to have a big game. Jefferson had a big game. The whole the whole Vikings offense scored a lot of points, so it was just a bummer to see Thielen get hurt there, and that probably ended up making a difference in the game because they lost to the Lions. Um, but, yeah, so that, that was definitely tough for him to lose Thielen right away at the beginning of the game. Um, and then Kyler... 
30 points in his return. What can you say? Two passing touchdowns, two rushing touchdowns. Looked completely healthy, looked fast, looked shifty. It's almost like they knew what they were doing, holding him out for that long to get him right so that they actually have a chance in the playoffs. And if he is able to stay healthy and look like that, they're going to be very difficult to beat, especially when the road goes through Arizona. Um, Back-to-back weeks for over 100 yards for Hunter Renfro. So that looks to be kind of like a locked-in starter for Jared moving forward. Um, They've shifted their offense, obviously, since losing rugs, but they've successfully shifted it towards Renfro. He gets a ton of targets. He's a master at getting open. And I think that moving forward, they're just going to continue to funnel targets his way as he's the best receiver they have. Um, And then when Waller's back, they'll obviously give the -the over-the-middle stuff to Waller. Um, so his record now is seven and six as well. And so his situation is definitely getting interesting going into next week. Next matchup we'll get into is Gavin and Matt. Um, Matt just kind of beat up on Gavin from start to finish. Um, it's really too bad we're not going to see Matt's team in the playoffs because he's getting right. He's getting rolling. He had a couple tough losses earlier in the season that really is going to end up costing him here. Um, but I really think he's going to put up some massive weeks over the next couple. Um, Gibson is just unreal right now. 20, 20 points, three out of the last four games um, coming out of the bye week once he's been healthy. And Kittle also getting healthy. Just wow. 35 points, unreal for a tight end. Uh, over 180 receiving yards, nine receptions, two touchdowns. Um, just reestablishing himself in the top two of tight end. And somebody that, you know, Matt didn't have for a lot of the year. So having that production like that out of one of the toughest spots to fill is just such an advantage. And I really think Matt would have been able to make some noise in the playoffs with the team, with his team now fully healthy. Um, Mahomes was bad again. I mentioned that earlier, but he didn't really need him. Um, this is two straight weeks where he hasn't thrown a passing touchdown. That's definitely curious. Definitely something to keep an eye on. Um, there's been a lot of talk um, around him regarding his mechanics. Um, I think I think it's well known that he's kind of loose with his mechanics. You know, likes to throw on the run, likes to throw from different arm slots, doesn't always throw from a from a solid base. Um, And that's never really hindered him before. And now everybody's starting to complain when he's struggling about it. So um, we'll see if he ends up trying to go back to basics and be a little bit more boring as a passer as he gets reestablished. But I don't necessarily think that that's something that's as easy as that to turn on and off. So um, we'll see with Mahomes. Hopefully he's able to get it going for Matt and um, avoids him, uh, avoids being the reason anyways that Matt ends up with the Sacco. Um, on Gavin's side, this was just a bad week from him. Started right off from Thursday night. Dak only got him 11 points in that game. Really hurt him right away. Um, like you know, lowered his projection, lowered his lowered his uh, ceiling, especially. Um, so that was a bummer to see. And uh, okay, okay, fine. I'll take my medicine on Matt Gay. I was giving him crap for the last like three weeks now. And 16.1 points this week. Like awesome, awesome week from his kicker. Um, <laughs> so he should be good rest of season two. So. You know, whatever. Gavin was right, I guess, on keeping him. Um, James Robinson only had nine touches this week, and Carlos Hyde stole his touchdown, and I think actually had more touches than him. Um, it wasn't. It was definitely wasn't good. I mean, Robinson's fumble was a result of Aaron Donald just squaring him up and ripping the ball out. There's not much any anyone can do in that situation. Um, so Urban Meyer deciding just to like bench him, I guess, was, I think is a terrible decision, and is just reflective of how bad Urban Meyer actually is. Um, uh, going back to another positive for Gavin's team, the Elijah, Elijah bros, Elijah Mitchell and Elijah Moore. Those guys are both locks at this point. Uh, Mitchell with another 25 touches, 15.9 points and Elijah Moore with seven touches. He had six catches in a carry for 86 yards and a receiving touchdown, 17.6 points, even with 
Zach Wilson as the quarterback. Looked for him early, even when Corey Davis was still part of the game plan. Um, he scored his touchdown right away in, on the first drive. And so I, I anticipate even without Corey Davis now, he's going to get just that much more volume in the passing game. And he's really set up here to have an unbelievable finish to the season. So um, just two, two great players that Gavin was able to secure off the waiver wire. Um, Ayuk was a big disappointment. Three catches, 55 yards with Debo out. Um, he really didn't do much until the fourth quarter. Hardly was part of the game plan. They just ran it and threw it to Kittle. That was pretty much the whole thing. So um, I don't know going forward if Ayuk is going to be somebody that he feels as comfortable starting as he should. Um, but, you know, he had a couple good weeks there, and now he's kind of back to not being such a hot, hot start or not as hot on the field. Um, and I mentioned Mixon earlier, but I think he's going to be fine despite the week, despite in and out with injury. I think – uh, moving forward, he's going to be just fine. So going into Stevie Moe and Homs now, this one was so close, so close. Stevie Moe finally broke Homs' streak um, and started a little streak of his own. This is Stevie Moe's second win in a row. So um, it was looking like he was going to lose because of that weather game. He had Diggs and Allen going, but Allen was able to do just enough to push him up over the top there. Um, also from Thursday night, Gallup, Michael Gallup scored a touchdown in Stevie Moe's lineup against Hamza, who had just dropped him. I know Hamza was upset about that, but that's, uh, that's pretty funny to see. And uh, that's the second week in a row Stevie Moe did that to somebody because he just beat Jared. And Jared uh, dropped Tony Pollard that Stevie Moe picked up and scored a touchdown against Jared too. So keep it up, Stevie Moe. Um, Rashad Bateman had a goose egg. That was, that was tough. I don't know what's going on with Lamar. He just is, looks terrible as a passer. Um, and Christian Kirk tried to goose. I mean, I think he had one catch for four yards. So um, those two guys might want to go to the waiver wire and try and get a new new receiver or somebody after bench or, or something. I don't, I don't really know uh, how to solve that at this point. Um, Matt Ryan, almost 300 yards, two, 296, I think, was his final. And so that has to feel good at least a little bit, Stevie Moe, to have, have uh, Ryan get 12 and not be in single digits. So maybe he gets a couple touchdowns in the coming weeks. Maybe Kyle Pitts actually turns into something that's even half decent for him, and he can, uh, he can put up some decent weeks here in the next couple. Um, and then, wow, Dallas Goddard, 25.5 points, two touchdowns, fueling the Gardner Minshew mania, just an unbelievable week, running, running all by himself. Well, not all by himself, but like running pretty, pretty open for NFL standards um, on, on both his touchdowns. And he looked great. So, you know, over, I think he had uh, well over 100 yards. I don't think he got to 150, but that's something I would have to check. Um, and so that, that all pushed Steve Moda to five and eight and gets him on a roll, a little bit of a roll heading into, into the final week of the regular season. Um, and then Hamza, finally, all these less than 10 point wins caught up with him. He lost by three points. So uh, he had Ingram, McLaurin, Smith, and Gaskin. I'll say that again. Mark Ingram, Terry McLaurin, Devontae Smith, and Miles Gaskin all scored 5.9 points or less. So that was definitely, I mean, all of those guys just completely let him down. If they, any of them have a regular week, he ends up getting the win here. Um, Taylor was his usual elite self. 143 yards and two touchdowns. It's just getting ridiculous at this point. He is just the best player. Uh, he's just the best running back and the best player in fantasy football. Uh, Taysom Hill had a good week, over 20 points, but was totally bailed out by that 70-yard touchdown in garbage time. He ended up uh, with seven points on that play. So it would have been 13 if not for that. 
Um, hopefully the finger's okay. I know that's kind of what drove all the interceptions. I, I think he was trying to figure out how to play with it. I mean, he also was late in his timing, but um, his rushing was electric and they are going to stick with him for now, as long as the finger's healthy. So hopefully we see a better version of him as a passer in his second start. And the final matchup, Mike and Tyler. How crazy of a finish with this. I don't know if everybody was watching this, but if you weren't, it was too bad because it was this crazy condition game and Mike had Kendrick Bourne going and it became clear that New England just was not going to throw the ball. So Emmanuel Sanders just had to cover those couple points and he would have, uh, he would have, Tyler would have been able to get the win. This was the second straight week that Mike had to sweat it out. So, uh, but he did get wins both times and he's set up now to, to secure the buy with a, with a win here this week. Um, Brady owned the Falcons as usual, 28 points. Um, you know, the game was actually kind of close, but was it really close? Did anybody really think the Falcons were going to beat them? Um, I, I don't think so. Um, and another big decision. I mean, Mike had a lot of big decisions that ended up like kind of winning him this week. He, he stuck with Sony Michelle over Daryl Henderson, despite Henderson being activated. Um, so I, I didn't have my ear to the ground that much on this decision and Mike must have because, or he just didn't look, maybe he was golfing and didn't even see that, that Henderson was active or something, but that really worked out because Henderson didn't play and Sony Michelle had 20 points. Um, so that was clutch. Um, he also added Tevin Coleman off the waiver wire and started him instead of Jacoby Myers, who had like zero and Coleman had like nine. So that decision ended up getting him the points he needed. And then he added Indy's defense this week who had 17 and completely shut out the Texans. So um, just a bunch of great decisions this week that, that kind of earned him that half point win. Um, and Tyler was so, so close to getting a win here. Um, Javante was the one who totally pulled him back into the game on Sunday night, 26.8 points. He was awesome. Scored a touchdown late over hundred yards, uh, rushing six catches, 76 yards and a receiving touchdown. Just a great night all the way around. No Melvin Gordon is what kind of fueled that Javante game. Um, and then he had a huge week from golf. It was Goff's second highest point total of the year. Got, Detroit got the win. Touchdown on the last play really got him a bunch of points there on that last drive. Um, and then playing off that, I mean, with Goff. And then he had Hawkinson, who had over 10. Uh, Van Jefferson, who had over 10. His kicker, Elliott, who had over 10. And Cards D, who had over 10. All of them double digits. All of them beat their projections. So when I mentioned earlier that he had the end of his roster really show out, um, that was what I was talking about. That's how he was ultimately able to get to 140 points. Um, Zeke with five, brutal. Mooney with five. I mean, you expect more, but like, you know, he just didn't have a great game. And Lamar with 17, just a really disappointing game again from Lamar. Um, so those three are the ones that really let him down this week. Um, and so Tyler kind of has been playing well, playing, been playing better. I mean, he's three and 10, but his, his last couple weeks he's been playing better. So rolling into next week, rolling into the Sacco, he's hopefully going to be able to get a win and try to avoid finishing in last place. So going into the standings updates now, um, I know we kind of broke it down in the chat a little bit, so I'll try to keep it relatively brief. Um, and there's really very few scenarios here that are going to change things up. So let's get into it. Um, Ahamza in first, nothing to see here, 11 and two, he's locked in. Um, Mike barely sliding by Tyler um, helps him hang on to the two seed this week, but it makes it so that now it's just him or Craig are going to finish in the, in the two seed here. So they play each other and whoever wins that game is going to 
end up in the two seed. So Mike at eight and five, if he wins, he's going to be nine and six. Nobody else can get to nine and six. Um, and Craig has by far the most points now. So if he gets that win, he'll be eight and six and, and Mike will be eight and six and he'll jump him because of point total. Um, so that's, that breaks down Craig's spot at number three. For me, um, I'm in fourth. I'm likely going to just sit in this spot. That's probably the most likely scenario here. Um, if I do want to move up, I either need Mike to beat Craig. Um, so if he does and I win, then I move up a spot because I'll have a better record than Craig. Um, or if Mike loses and I gain 31 points on Mike this week, um, then I would jump Mike in total points and move, move ahead of him into the three seed, um, which again, I don't, I don't think is that likely. Um, so, you know, I mean, that would be, that would be tough, um, to, to make up 31 points. So, um, fourth seed is looking like where I'm going to sit here. Um, this is where, this is where it gets interesting now after, after these, the, the top four here, Jared is currently in fifth. He's the only other team at seven and six, but he's playing Gavin. So in order for Jared to get in, he needs a win or a Jordan loss to hold on to a playoff spot. Um, those are, those are his two scenarios. If he loses to Gavin and Jordan wins. Unless Jared gains 50 points on Jordan, he's going to end up missing the playoffs. So that's going to be super, super exciting uh, to follow and very interesting to evaluate in tomorrow's podcast. Um, for Gavin, he's, if he wins, he's in. Um, and if Jordan loses, he's also in. So very simple for Gavin. Um, and he just needs to get a win. So he kind of controls his own destiny here. Um, and George, same thing with Jordan. If he wins, he's in. Unless he, unless Jared loses, but gains 50 points on him. So that's really unlikely. I don't think that that's going to happen, um, but that is a scenario that could play out, but it's basically win and in for Jordan. Um, and for Matt, he needs to win. He needs Gavin to lose and he needs Jordan to lose. And then he needs to outscore Gavin by 87 and not let Jordan pick up 18 points on him. That's a lot going on there. Very unlikely, um, but not completely out of the question. I mean, Matt has a really strong lineup this week. He could end up putting up over 200 points. And, you know, if Gavin has another week similar to how he had this week, even if he gets, um, you know, he could end up losing and Matt could end up passing him. So you never know. It's crazier things have happened. Um, and so for Stevie Mo, he has the same route as Matt. Um, he needs to win, Gavin to lose, and Jordan to lose. But he needs to outscore Gavin by 272 points. Um, so I don't think that's going to happen, unfortunately, Stevie Mo. But, you know. We'll see. I don't want to, I don't want to be presumptive, you know, so we'll see maybe. And uh, you know, if you, if you do win Stevie Mo, I mean, that would be an impressive three game win streak to end the season. And I know that would leave a better taste in your mouth for just the season in general after, you know, feeling like you're never going to win again um, for there for a while. Um, and Tyler, unfortunately you've been eliminated, but your team has been playing a lot better. So I do have a lot of hope for you in the Sacco Bowl and I'm rooting for you to kind of get one of those wins. All right. And that'll wrap it up for today's podcast. So if you guys want to hear anything else, reach out, let me know. Um, and then we'll be back tomorrow with waivers evaluation with our week 14 previews and with some studs and duds. Looking forward to it.